This is the oh fuck. <laughs> what? Why? Always this moment. We just been chatting for the last twenty minutes, and you've been I don't fine. Know. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. I can understand. Uh-huh. This is the <laughs> like. I hope you still have all those times that you've done that because that would be a great super cut. Oh my god! There's at least three that I can think of. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hopefully my vocal cords don't turn to garbage. All right. Gonna stop talking now. This is the Rad Mars Podcast, Episode 12. I'm Andy Mindler. And I'm Brendan Trombley. I'm Trevor Williams. I'm Andrew Ford. And I'm Roushey. What is up, guys? Hi! <laughs> What's up? What's going yeah. on? How's it going? There's a cat walking on my desk right now. There's a oh, catwalk on your desk? Yeah. <laughs> get off here. Go. Get <laughs> that doesn't here. sound structurally sound. I don't know. I, I feel like cats have been a defining feature of my video conferencing for the last week, and it's been great. My favorite is um, on Zoom when you use like the uh, you you can put any background you want in there, and then like an animal just appears out of the void behind you. And, oh like, yeah, they materialize in and out yeah. as the the program recognizes them as part of the the background. The foreground. Or yeah. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? You never use Zoom for video conference? I have, but I, I don't know what you're talking about. A materializing right, Zoom, pet. Next time you're in there. All right. Next time you're in there, check the settings and you can set a right. background. Yeah. Because Zoom has to choose what to chop out as part of the background or not. Right. Right. And so if, if, a, if a, a second being appears at some point, the the camera or the, the program chooses like, oh, hey, there's something here. I have, to, I have to also snap out of the background. So then it just appears out of nowhere. Oh, I see. So wait, why are you even using that? What are you cutting? Why are you cutting out your background? So you can have a cool Dark Souls background. Oh in my the background. god! Yeah, of course. <laughs> you fucking wouldn't. <laughs> what you should do is take like recordings of yourself just standing behind yourself in different parts of your room and composite them all together. And so it's just you sitting there with multiple U's behind you. <laughs> oh my god, that's horrifying. There you go, Mike. There's All right, well, I gotta project. try that now. Yeah. Nice. All right. <laughs> or just uh, uh, record we... your background and then, like, have the video where you just walk through it every now and again and it, like, loops. <laughs> and so, like, people will be talking to you and then, like, they'll see someone walked behind you and they're like, Mike, someone, what? <laughs> someone did that at work, at my work. It's, it's fucked up. <laughs> everyone, everyone freaks the fuck out the first time they see it. And then you gotta, like, I turn around and be like, what? You saw someone? Like... <laughs> I have seen a video that someone recorded of like basically delivering tea to their own desk. So <laughs> that's good. Oh. Anyway, we were it's... supposed to talk about something. We were. <laughs> All right. We were gathered here today. Is that what yeah. we do here? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I wanted to talk about uh, something that's very uh, near and dear to me because it's essentially my entire career. Uh, I want to talk about learning games. Isn't that great? Great. Yeah. Are we only going to talk about Mario is missing? <laughs> I, f- I forgot that I knew that one. Well, is, that a, is that a Mario learning game? Yeah, Mario is oh, missing. Oh, God. I, I can't oh, wait to hear about that. I thought we'd be talking about like Dead Space teaching us the definition of fear. <laughs> uh, yes, we can also talk about that. 
I just um, made a yeah, farting wanna... noise in my brain when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, because I wanted to talk about kind of two aspects of it, right? Um, there are the games that are made for learning, and there are some really bad examples of that out there. There are some good examples too, and it'd be fun to explore some of that. But yeah, there are also games are just as an art form are naturally really great learning experiences. And that's kind of, I'm always trying to trying to bring that power into like the, the games made for learning side. Cause often that, that isn't really being done correctly in my opinion, but yeah, I'd love to hear also about the games that you guys have played that you've just learned awesome things from, even if they weren't intending to teach you something. Cause I think there's a lot to learn from there, from that, you know, but yeah, I don't know. Have you guys played any learning games? Like I know, I know we were, we were sort of growing up in the, beginning of the gaming era so we won't have played all of the stuff that kids have access to these days but like you know i played oregon trail i think a little bit of like math blasters what about you guys i don't know what math blasters is okay math blasters i guess we're gonna get right back right right into this my soapbox area which is like (laughs) (laughs) soapbox um, there were soapboxes and math blasters there's there's a soapbox and i'm about to stand upon it and and talk about a thing i hate uh which is math games like math blasters so math, uh, <laughs> um, the thing with that game and games like it is that it is essentially turned the not doing math like the the process of doing math into an interesting game. It has it turned the process of answering a math problem into a game. So you have like an equation on the screen, and I, I might be misremembering this slightly, but you have like an equation on the screen and there's like meteors flying around and you have to shoot and then they have numbers on them and you have to shoot the correct answer and the other meteors are the incorrect answer. So instead of just writing in the answer like a normal human being with a pencil, you have to like shoot a meteor instead. And that's Math Blasters. That sounds horrible. Yeah. That sounds like it's an really absolute right? dog shit game. It's <laughs> completely unfun. Well, you, and, you contrast that with something like Oregon Trail, right? And like... You're learning about the Oregon Trail and the kinds of things that they were doing and the hardships through gameplay, not through fucking math blasters. Ugh. <laughs> yep, no, that's exactly it. Uh, wow, that's actually... Um, uh, I wrote an article about that with that exact thesis, Rashi. I don't know oh, fuck. if you... Yeah. Really? Can you <laughs> yeah. send me that? I'd like to read it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we can even link it in the thing. Uh, yeah, so I, I used to work for an organization called the Institute of Play, and we were a all about games and learning from many different angles. And my job for a good chunk of it was actually being in a public school and being a game designer, designing games for the teachers and students at that school. It was a really rad job. I did my best to make more the more like authentic learning experiences like you're describing, Rashi. Mm. And yeah, I wrote that. I wrote the articles for them to sort of try to distill down what I was thinking about in terms of comparing and contrasting kind of what good learning games and bad learning games did um, and how. And yeah, the, the Oregon Trail is definitely kind of like an empathy machine it, it, by experiencing the the different difficulties along the trail, you kind of learn just what a difficult journey it was. It, it's the kind of learning goal that a game is really good at teaching you versus you can imagine what like, say, I don't know, a really dumb politician or like school principal would think you're supposed to learn from a history game, which would be like <laughs> history facts or yeah. something. Like the Oregon Trail, you know, happened in 18 whatever. And, <laughs> and you get a quiz went, at the end. <laughs> yeah, and, and you just have to answer quiz at the end. It's like, no, that's not that's not what learning games are should should be. And yet, so many of them are. So many of them are just. I always say them. I always call them quizzes disguised as games. And I'm always mm. trying to point that out and avoid making that thing. I feel like you're backing into like a larger criticism on public schooling in general. <laughs> oh, I've got lots of those. Oh yeah, my dude. <laughs> uh-huh. 
So, Brendan, what's your opinion on what I what I'm going to call soft learning games versus like like hard learning Ooh. games? So, what does that mean? Is it like start, I guess hard like, and soft magic systems? <laughs> hard and soft magic systems. Yeah. No. It's okay. So my example would be this is a term that I completely made up. I, I have no idea if it's real or not. But like picture civilization, right? That's what I would call like a soft learning experience because okay. you're you're basically going you're through all the different eras of history, right? And it's more or less just chock full of random snippets as mechanics, right? Like this different civilization has these different positives and negatives and it's usually re related to something to do with their actual civilization you know yep like the sumerians are really good in the the old-timey era with their weird war carts and you're like oh there's actually a thing then you look it up and you're like all right that's a thing that's kind of cool um versus like a an actual real capital e education game like i guess our country is the only one i can think of on the top of my head um, what about just... like not i don't know if this is connected but like um, what Assassin's Creed was it where they had like, was it an educational version or whatever? Yeah, where... it was the Greece one, right? Right. I can't remember. I... the Library of Alexandria. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm. I'm Mr. I, I gotta look it up because I don't remember what the. It's actually called. Yeah, but, they had um, a different version that, of that Assassin's whole thing. Creed. No, it was a mode where you could play it, and it was like you could just explore. And I guess, I don't know if there was like actual like information embedded in the world in some way i thought there was but it was yep. mostly about it's like... called discovery tour it's called discovery tour okay and yeah it essentially gives you the whole world and uh, allows you to sort of walk around and it just kind of explore all the ambient stuff that's going on and the landmarks and like the normal people doing normal people things because they did a lot of actually like, amazing research in most aspects of the game so you get to it's just all very authentically represented in in the world, and then people can also arrange tours inside of it, and so they can give you like a little glowing path and you know snippets of information to reveal as you go. Huh. Well, the cool. entire time being a fucking ninja assassin guy or girl, yeah, of course, because why not? But yeah, I don't think you can do any fighting or any of that kind of stuff in that mode. No, I don't think um, so. It's almost I, like Assassin's Creed and more pedestrian tour. To be yeah, honest, that so... sounds like more of an interesting game than Assassin's Creed. <laughs> 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 like you could you could definitely design something like that that's actually really interesting. You know? You could you could make it like a walking simulator gone home yeah. kind of experience or like uh, Firewatch, the greatest game of all time. <laughs> um that's hyperbolic. <laughs> I like that game a lot. It's interesting. I mean that's a very it's still a very didactic way to produce or to deliver information really it's just it's still just telling you stuff i mean sometimes you're showing but you're not really interacting um and and like learning a system yourself which i would have a little bit of an issue with That's but true. but um you know one of the things that this does is at least it leverages these really expensive art assets and all that design and world building that they did um because no no education game in the world would ever have the budget right. of Assassin's Creed Origins. And this is one of the big problems in, the, in that industry is that you can't make any money um, and you can't have budgets to make the games that like the importance of the learning content might deserve, if that mm. makes sense. It's kind of like, um, uh, you know, Titanic, the movie being <laughs> like pretty reasonably historically accurate, but having like giant Hollywood budget. Yeah, no, that's actually a good point. And 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 non-historical characters, but that help kind of rope you into the situation and keep you invested. Mm -hmm. It's actually kind of a good example of the 
kind of combination of the entertainment and the education being reinforcing each other, you know? I think also James Cameron, like while he was filming everything, he like made a documentary or something that was like about him unearthing the actual Titanic and like all about the history of it and then like using all of his money and budget for like the movie and like leveraging it on that as well. Oh, and I wait, think that's he like... unearthed the real Titanic? Well, he didn't unearth it, but no. he, went, he went down in a submarine to go film it. Right. Oh, I see. He, okay, okay. James Cameron's legitimately like super interested in Titanic and a lot of that stuff. So he kind of yeah. Wait, didn't that. he also dive into the Marianas Trench? Uh, maybe not. I don't know. Not like dive with his body, but like in a submarine. Look at the bathysphere. Like I don't think you could dive down there, but yeah, I would. I would imagine so. I have no idea. Probably. Maybe. I mean, like I yeah, that's James Cameron. another one of those cases where it's like leveraging something that has a lot of money in it. Uh, to use towards like educational purposes creating something that is Mm -hmm. educational that people would not normally be able to see like the assassin's creed like getting to show off history in such realistic and like visceral way that like otherwise would never (laughs) happen (laughs) otherwise yeah yeah uh it's kind of cool it's like i guess that's more of a passive learning experience you're just kind of like absorbing context is that right, a, yeah. is that a soft or a hard so. mic? I, I'm trying to figure out. Like, <laughs> I don't know what your like. I, I don't have any so concept of I, what your scale is. Yeah, I think I I have a theory about kind of what Mike was getting at, which is like, so civilization. Going back to civilization as an example, you can't learn about the arc of real history by playing Civilization. You know, you can't. You're not going to learn about, I don't know, the Crusades or World War II or anything like that. Like, there's no facts. There's no historical facts in that game, but. It teaches you the mechanics of civilization. It teaches you the kind of hows and the whys that a civilization may succeed and flourish or not, and the way that, um, you know, say like technologies evolve over time. Like all the different things that happen in civilization are things that happen in real life situa- civilizations on like a more abstract sense. At least that's what I would say. It's yeah, like, like a more like learning. mechanics. Like it's like an, you know, yeah, it teaches. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> it teaches through the mechanics exactly yeah i was gonna say it's like a an intuitive sense of history versus like a like hard knowledge like factual like this happened and then this happened and then this happened you just have more of like a kind of systemic understanding and that's exactly what games are great at teaching are systemic understandings of real life systems and i that's 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 where i would say that the real kind of meat and the real potential of i was learning you were saying cheese real meat and cheese yeah <laughs> meat and cheese potatoes if i didn't think gristle. that long if i had to think that long to come up the word cheese that'd be really weird <laughs> so i'm thinking about like the childhood games that i played that were educational and they were all over the map um tell me about them i want to hear about these nightmares Sure, sure. I mean, there are actually some good and bad things. Like, I think I learned multiplication from some random, very poorly designed game, which was just like, oh, you want to move your robot forward, solve this multiplication problem. So it was definitely no. like... Ugh. Yeah. But on the other hand, it like taught me multiplication in kindergarten or something. So it's like, I'm not going to complain That's too amazing. much. I still yeah. haven't learned multiplication. I should play this <laughs> game. No way. I mean, I suppose uh, if I had the choice between like a fucking black and white multiplication table versus one with cool robots i would choose the one with cool robots but like functionally it's the same stupid thing 
you're not you're not learning anything about multiplication that like you can't just mem you know memorize with right. any other method I, but I mean, like, I feel like part of it there was both a matter of opportunity and also sort of like the context, because I was not the sort of kid that would be like, wow, you know what, I really want to learn multiplication right now. And so, like, even though it's a very thin veneer in terms of you're just completing a pop quiz or like a math quiz, mm -hmm. it was still enough to sort of like push me to do something that I wouldn't have done on my own otherwise. So, but I agree with you in that, like, these are still not particularly good games was it that we were just so desperate for any kind of video game that this garbage you were like i'm willing to play whereas nowadays I mean, kids would be like mm, fuck off yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I maybe mean, yeah kids these days would so. still probably be okay with it like the thing that though is that there's a million bajillion learning games out there of varying qualities um it's kind of crazy actually yeah uh, what? and it sort of presents a new problem that i can talk about later one game that comes to mind, though, which never worked for me, but I'm curious if any of you played it or it worked for you, was Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? Yeah. Yeah, I played that. It was pretty awesome. I watched uh, the TV show. Yeah, hmm. same. It was yeah. like a, it was kind of quizzy, right? Uh, it was basically just giving you kind of clues to help you choose the right location from a list of wrong locations. Right. Like the way I recall it uh, from when I played it as a kid was the game actually came with, um, I think, an almanac, actually. It came with a gun like and it said, find her and kill her. <laughs> <laughs> and so basically, like the, the entire way that the game worked is like they'd give you some information about where Carmen San Diego was. It's like, oh, she went to the country whose primary export is corned beef or something like <laughs> oh. that. And then you'd have to look up in this, you know, almanac that it shipped with, like, huh, does France export corned beef or whatnot? Um, but, like, I never sort of, like, really got into it. And then I ended up just sort of, like, randomly choosing destinations and then getting bored and stopping playing. But it kind of feels like it's halfway between the two sorts of games we're talking about in that it is sort of like a pop quiz at the end of the day. Um, but it feels like it has a little bit more context context to it. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think Carbon San Diego adds a little context, which makes it more valuable than just a quiz disguised as a game, but only marginally so, to be honest. So what mm. about a game like The Typing of the Dead, which I played the fuck out of, and it taught me how to touch type real well. <laughs> I feel like I mean, you sure. can't play that game with already, like if you don't already know how to like type correctly. <laughs> Like, I don't yeah. know how you, like, get past the first level if you don't know, like, home row and that shit. I guess not. I mean, you can sort of hunt and peck, like, some of the easier stuff. But, yeah, once you get towards the end, I guess, yeah. You, you see, when the guy, when the guy I, throws when an I was axe 12, in your face and it says, it's yeah. a K, it's like, fuck, where's K? Oh, where's K? <laughs> oh. um, when I was 12, I learned how to be a master typist by simply playing a shit ton of EverQuest. I had to communicate with real-life people right. real fast. That's true. Yeah, actually. Holy shit. Um, um, online games, man. Back in the day, you gotta type real quick. Oh yeah, kids these days don't know what it's like. They don't have to learn how to type this the way I did. When it came to typing, like I could type real quick, but I would still use just two fingers. Like I just could do it without really looking. But it wasn't until I actually took a real typing class that I figured out like the super fast way where you could do with yeah home row and stuff. Yeah. To be row. fair, uh to be fair for the public school system, uh for me in North Carolina at the time, I actually did in like third grade, we had a typing thing and they were like these Damn, third LC grade? 
I took yeah, it my senior maybe, fucking year. Maybe fourth <laughs> yeah. or fifth. Wow. They weren't computers, though. They were these, like, LCD keyboard thingies that would sit on your desk, and the little LCD screen, you could, like, but, like, had a full, like, the little LCD screen sat, like, along the top, almost like it was a big calculator, and the keyboard was just below it, and it still taught me home row, which was great, but it wasn't, like, a real computer. Man, we got... So I guess I was armed with that very basic knowledge before going into EverQuest some years later. Yeah. We got, we got, and by we, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know if, Mike, you experienced this, because we went to, and Ford went to middle school together. Is this uh, uh, Mr. Mr. It was, was it Mr. 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 who, he, uh, uh, the woodshop teacher. Yeah, he was <laughs> our, our typing slash computer teacher in uh, fifth grade was all was a previous was previously the woodshop teacher. Um, natural, he, such a natural. He had on his right hand. He had only his thumb and his pinky finger, and on his uh, oh left hand, he had he was missing. I think his uh, middle and ring finger. Um, Wait, dude, was, so was this character? This was the character that the janitor joked about in Scrubs. Yeah, yeah. He's I've real. only got pointer and, and he thumb can pinky. type faster and more accurately than I can now after decades wow. of typing. That's he's, so he's like yeah, the, but the, he also the didn't, the most qualified person to do it. Right, he didn't teach me jack shit about typing. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh, God. What a magical friendship you guys have had your whole lives. Yeah, I remember in fifth grade. <laughs> Just like being in fifth grade. I don't know even know how old you have to be to be in fifth grade. But walking in and him being like, I'm your teacher. And then seeing his hands and me being like, what the fuck? <laughs> also, I did swear back then. So <laughs> I, re- I remember I, I, mean, yeah. I got in I trouble for it. I a lot more in middle school than, than I ever do as an adult. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Foul-mouthed 10-year-olds. Uh-huh. I feel like there's more excitement to swearing when you're in middle school. It's like, wow, it's the forbidden fruit, and I can taste it for the first time. Whereas as an adult, nobody gives a shit if you swear or not. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> nobody gives a good goddamn fuck if you curse. <laughs> exactly. Unless it's on this podcast and it's Roushy saying yeah. certain things. Certain things. Can't say certain things. Nope. Like, <laughs> I remember being. I remember being in a, a uh, study hall with Ford. Where I was tell- telling him about a-, a shitty short story I was writing, and I was swearing so much that the teacher yelled at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that seems vaguely familiar. But definitely does sound very on brand for you, though. Yeah, back then. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're yeah. talking about educational games. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, at least we're still talking about the educational environment. Educational yeah, environment far. of video games. Um, Have uh, games thought about swearing? <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah I'm duke nukem this... dude come oh, on dear god <laughs> yes where do you think i learned has... my swears from yeah so much yeah. educational value a, a lot you learn how now, to pay money to strippers <laughs> so one thing i'm thinking about as we're talking about this and I, I think some other people brought this up earlier but like there's a lot of games that have no sort of direct aspiration to be educational but end up being potentially useful educational tools anyway like oh yeah i think one of the things i mentioned before is i've got some friends that are wizards with redstone in minecraft oh thank you so much for bringing up minecraft yeah and at the end of the day like redstone is basically you are setting up a digital circuit using these things that are not quite you know comparators or logic gates 
but there's a pretty direct correlation between the two. And if you ever want to set up anything complicated with a sort of, you know, redstone circuit, like it is surprise, surprise, you are actually designing a circuit. Yeah, no, you, you set up, there are real logic gates. You can do, I think, pretty much every logic gate imaginable. In, right, right. What I'm redstone. saying, though, is that like the redstone components that you build are not logic gates, but like you can combine two of them pretty simply to create like an or gate or a not or something like that. Yes. Yep. Definitely. And so I mean, I, like oh, at the end of the day, the circuits you build are sort of direct analogs to digital circuits. I have zero understanding of redstone. Yeah. I made a door that opens and I was proud. <laughs> nice. No, it's, that's really great. You could... Uh, there's actually one very very specific thing that you can learn and that's just like the the basic inverter in redstone which is like redstone running into a block and then coming off that block is a redstone torch and when the block gets redstone signal from the redstone dust the torch turns off and that inverts the signal does that make sense yes it's that's like the basic component of any logic gate from there on out yeah um, you just built that's a the major gate. thing yeah, uh, and then you combine like you know t t two signals into a NOT gate type thing to make an AND gate and an OR gate. There's like lots of things you can do. Anyways, um, that's really hard to explain, not not visually, um, as it turns out. <laughs> uh, but I was gonna say that Minecraft. If you were to ask me, like, what are some of the best non-intentionally uh, educational games? Minecraft, like very easily hits the top of the list. I mean, it's to the point where now, you know, Microsoft supports an educational version of Minecraft. I was going to say, I discovered that there was an educational version because I was looking up stuff on the, like, Minopedia or whatever. And they were like, yeah, there's the whole, like, chemistry system. And I'm like, what the fuck now? And they're like, you can get all, like, the elements and stuff. And I'm like, oh, what? And like, oh, that's only supported in the educational version. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. What is happening? They're there's a whole computer science aspect where you can make these little robots do stuff um, with like a programming, like a, like a drag and drop sort of quote unquote programming language. Um, and then it just has, it just has like nice tools for teachers to help control. Like if they have a bunch of kids on computers in a Minecraft world, you have to keep them sort of contained and on task in some ways. So you can like, uh, there are ways to like sort of freeze them all or to like prevent them from going outside of the boundaries. So there's just lots of little like teacher kind of classroom management tools. Hmm. Oh God, Timmy's um, running for the nether. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't let you can't let the kids who are really good at Minecraft just do whatever they want because they might go way 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 off topic. Um, On a tangent but about I mean, Minecraft, RIT graduated in Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> did they really? Yeah, Is that what they did this year. That's really on brand. I'm actually kind of proud of that. <laughs> wow. Uh, my little brother, uh, my I've got family in like the Charlotte, North Carolina area, and they did uh, graduation in cars on the Lowe's Motor Speedway like nascar track <laughs> <laughs> which is there similarly you. on brand i just i just love how everyone's adapting to it in ways that make sense for their uh their culture did they do like a slow dance afterward with the cars driving slowly next to each other <laughs> <laughs> slowly drifting next to each other yeah that'd be pixar's sick. cars movie in the end i haven't seen um, cars this is the second time we've brought up cars <laughs> wow <laughs> It's also the, I mean, like the millionth time we brought up Minecraft. I was going uh, to say, actually, we, we need to do a, a full episode just on like revisiting yeah. Minecraft. <laughs> wow. It's quick. It's the Minecraft podcast. But um, no, so Minecraft is one of the best educational games out there precisely because it's just so flexible and allows so many different systems. Um, and it's like, a, it's like a tool of self-expression, which 
um, it really rises the activities that you can do in the game um, higher on a um, this there's like an educational pyramid called Bloom's taxonomy um, and it really it really just is trying to say like there's sort of like higher order thinking skills like when you go up this pyramid so like the the really basic thing you can do is recall information that's the bottom of the pyramid and then like what up, is it called when that, you can't even do that uh it, <laughs> it it's it you me. are the ground that the pyramid is yeah, built upon. It me. You're the chuff. <laughs> Did you uh, see the go, chum? Go the chuff. I don't know what the chuff is. But it means terrible. congratulations. You're you're a ditch digger. <laughs> you're a trash garbage butt 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 <laughs> poop man. Uh, anyways, they uh, the, going up the pyramid. There's stuff like analysis or um, or like prediction, and then at the very very top of the pyramid is creativity, like synthesis. And so Minecraft allows you to go right to the top of that Bloom's taxonomy thing. Uh, so that makes it really awesome. Um, Minecraft, yeah, uh, Minecraft is great for learning. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I've in my career as a learning games guy, I've done lots of Minecraft stuff because it's just so good, good at it. Um, I mean, it makes sense. Like you, you're trying to do like like the whole idea of Garbo public school, right? Is they're trying to teach you how to like abstract and the process of teaching yourself things, right? Is that what I mean, they're doing? doing a real bad job of it, but <laughs> holy no, shit, in yeah. theory. That's what the that's what the good teachers are trying to do in the good yeah. good districts. Whereas um, the bad districts are trying to just make you vomit information back to pass a test. To pass a test. Yes. That yeah. that is what all of my I feel like I didn't learn I always say that the biggest thing college taught me was how to teach myself because I feel like high school and everything before that did not equip me for how to like my own learning like how i learn best and how to like actually grow on my own yeah yeah it's a i mean there's a lot to to, to kind of unpack but it does there is a, a huge part of it is like it's really easy to blame like teachers and individual schools but honestly it's really coming from the top there's just so many systemic things in place that make the tests really important um, and there's actually right now a big backlash against high stakes testing. Uh, so keep an eye out for that in your kids' educational future. There may be less of that by the time that happens. Good. By the time your kids are in school. So yeah, hope things are looking nice. up. I mean, think you know we we can complain a bitch about public schools a lot, but um, I, I actually been seeing a lot of improvements over the years. I would tr like to claim that some of the work we did at the Institute of Play and stuff helped influence that. Um, cool. We were pushing a lot of different it's all you. stuff. Yeah, don't. It's going to take all the credit. But um, you know, but pushing pushing uh, like things like systems thinking and creativity and design thinking. There's a whole uh, set of skills out there called 21st century skills. It's kind of silly. It's really just like successful human skills. You know, no matter what your career, you're always going to use creativity, collaboration, communication, and stuff like that. And games are actually really good at honing those skills, especially multiplayer games mm. yeah, like definitely. Minecraft. Um, I wanted to I wanted to explain one other because just like in a total sort of contrast of um, a really good learning game, but not one that and one that was intentionally so and one that teaches a very specific topic. So like Minecraft is very broad and can kind of, you know, tackle lots of different things. But there's a game out there. It's called Dragon Box. Dragon uh, Box or like, like a fire breathing dragon. Yes. And a box. Okay. So I am Dragon on Box. Board. Yeah. Um Dragon Box. I want to see if you can guess what it's trying to teach you by explaining some of it. Breathing teach you how to fight dragons with your fists. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's learning goal number one. Wrestling dragons. <laughs> so in Dragon Box, the goal of the game, there's like uh 
it's like a drag and drop um <laughs> drag and drop uh like ipad game basically or iphone game okay and so the screen has two sides and the goal is to get the dragon box alone on one side of the screen so, so you can like, kill it oh, it just it just wants to be alone and that's how it hatches dragon eggs don't hatch unless they're alone that's oh. just science makes sense to me this so the game teaches you yeah so you know the very first the very first level is basically simple like you know there's a dragon box and then there's some other box like some other square sort of picture and you just drag it over to the other side of the screen and the dragon box is alone and hooray you win but it gets more complicated um later on you have to when you drag a when you drag a thing over from one side to the other it like inverts so it turns into like the kind of inverted color version of it and a non-inverted and an inverted color version of something when they're on the same side they turn into like a little void and then you tap it and the void just disappears so that's another way to remove things from the dragon box um, whether it's like, so you can either drag things away from the dragon box on the other side, or if for some reason you have to do it this way, you can drag something and cancel out what's on the dragon box's side. Is this starting to sound like anything to you guys? Oh, like, a, uh, like a bubble bubble or whatever, like, or like a match three almost. <laughs> uh, th- I'm thinking more like educationally. <laughs> Does it sound oh. like something education to you, educational to you yet? I mean, it sounds a little bit like positive and negative numbers, you know, setting an equation equal to zero. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're getting there. Um, and what would the dragon box be? Algebra. Yeah, it's an algebra <laughs> game. You got it. All right. Hey, that's cool. And so this game, without using any number, like and for, for the longest time, it doesn't use numbers. It only uses pictures. And because like in a lot of times, algebra doesn't actually care what the numbers are. You just have to kind of invert them or, or move them around from one side of the equation to the other. And Dragonbox teaches you that through its mechanics without ever using a single number. Later on, it does start using numbers and the equal sign is the divider between the left and the right side of the screen. Yeah. And it gets really crazy. You have to do like fractions and you have to do the thing where it like inverts the fractions and, you know, uh, uh, you know, canceling out through multiplication, division, all those other things. Um, it gets Contra very complex. Positive. Yeah, it gets very complex. And yet, uh, you know, kids who would probably not be able to do algebra, like like it, it, at least the makers claim that kids much younger than the age that we normally teach algebra can play this game and learn at least the fundamentals of algebra through it. Um, That's not yeah, surprising to me. That sounds real good. I should play it and learn math. Maybe yeah. you should. <laughs> yeah, give it a try. It's uh, I I guess it's not free. I think it's but it's fairly cheap. Oh, well, okay. It's like, you know, four or five bucks. Um, they have a geometry one as well. It actually teaches you how to do geometry proofs mm-hmm. in a similar way. You know, all just like drag and drop kind of uh, uh, easy mechanics. So I have a what question. about transformation matrices and quaternions? Quaternions. We how to do quaternions. Oh, that would be nice. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> we could all use that. I don't understand quaternions. Uh, does anyone? <laughs> no, you don't have to. You just It's just magic. Yeah, it's and just a box. And then it's just a black box. is different. Based yep. on order, unlike any <laughs> other fucking operation in any guy, any whatever. I hate quaternions. <laughs> all you gotta do is con- you just convert them to uh, what are they called? Euler angles. Whenever yeah. you need to use them, and then you convert it's them to when, you're, when yeah. you're done. Euler. Thank you. You're right. You're right. You're right. I do that all the time, and then I cry a little bit because it's so inefficient. <laughs> and you're like, do I really <laughs> need to do this? Do I really Probably need to not. do this all the time? You're like, yeah, you do, because you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> we are getting real in the weeds of game development here. Wow. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I really want those like. Oh, there's like weird like old Java applets that let you like see a hypercube. It's like I just want to see in four dimensions so I can understand yeah. quaternions finally. Jesus, see it. I want to write Jenga Jam in four dimensions. Yeah. 
three-dimensional rotation. It's a motherfucker. Yep. Yeah. Whatever. For anyone who doesn't know what the fuck we're talking about, there's Keep the normal way. way. Yeah, it's about ro- 3D rotation, and the norm- normal humans think about rotation at least like, you know, on like rotating on three different axes, axes like up, down, left, right. But like, bad things happen when you use just that system in programming games. And so there's a different system called quaternions, and they are uh, hard to understand. So we use computers to do it for us, mm-hmm. usually. Anyways. Well, yeah. if we were better at teaching math at the college level, then people would understand quaternions, but we're not. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, yeah, they, we Is just need true? dragon box quaternions. I don't think there Maybe. are actually people who understand quaternions. <laughs> I think that's it's, a I mean, it's really, I think it's just like abstract algebra or something. I'm probably getting yeah. it wrong. It's some, it, like, it's some kind of, like, college level math that I didn't get to. Yep, just wizards do it. It's fine. Well, the I more still... important thing is like the practical usage of it, right? Like you don't need to understand how a transformation matrix works to be able to use it effectively. You don't need to understand how a quaternion works to be able to use it effectively. If you're like yep, writing a is... graphics engine, then yeah, you should probably know how the quaternions work. But the common is... the common peasant video game programmer doesn't need to <laughs> such as me. And that's why all of our games are are duct taped and silly puttied together. All you need is vector math and trigonometry. You're gonna write sine, cosine, and tangent in every video game. So Katoa, so Katoa. Brendan, you said that our games are held together with like duct tape. I would argue all games are held together with like oh, that's duct what I tape. Meant. That's what I meant. I did not mean us. Triple A, I meant triple A games. Our industry are barely held together. <laughs> um, okay, so one one more thing I wanted to bring up before we we move on is. I love, so I love Dragon Box. It's amazing. Uh, it's probably extremely hard for people who make the games like Dragon Box to actually be successful because, well, m- maybe Dragon Box is a bit of an exception because algebra is such an important topic. But like, if you can make a really authentic, awesome game uh, about a learning topic, who, who the fuck's going to pay for it? Uh, you know, like if if your kids at school are gonna play it for like I don't know a twenty minute period and one day of school, what is a school like? What school is even gonna bother buying that? And and how much would they even pay for that? And I think that's like a huge problem in this sort of industry. So so many games out there are there's there's you know thousands of them honestly, and many of them are like research projects. So they're making people are making them from for for like their their dissertations or something, and many of them are are, are small grant grant funded games. But nothing out there is really able to make the sort of, you know, by by kind of like limiting your budget to whatever those sorts of resources can allow you to do. We've never like this this industry has never kind of gone above the sort of basic browser based two D games or like simple you know touch apps. I feel like somebody needs to figure out how to market these games to like the super rich people who are hiring private tutors for their children and all of their subjects. <laughs> the one percent. Uh, I mean, bam, that'd be nice. But wouldn't couldn't they just hire those tutors and just do it for their kids and then I don't know. I guess yeah. I mean, philanthropic. The question is like you know, can you get a game that's more effective than a tutor or you know mm. a different experience? Because part of what we're talking about with like Dragon Box and whatnot is something that a kid might actually enjoy as opposed to sort of walking into a tutoring system session and be like, eh. yeah. I mean, I, that's sort of what the grant world is, right? That's that's charitable donations usually are coming from grants of some kind or or governments, I guess. I should probably know more about that, honestly. 
I would say if, if you're kind of like talking like the killer game, right? Like the, the killer educational game, which would have to be so many games in one. And I actually think that one of the, the key things it would need is it would have to be multiplayer. So it would have to be like a social experience. And I think it would also have to have people like your tutors or your teachers involved. Uh, one of the biggest problems I would say is that games can't teach or assess all the things that we need a kid to do to be successful in school you know a game can't grade how well you wrote your essay or how well you made arguments even even if it was grammatically correct you know there's like so many different really important skills that just right now our games can't do writing an essay is an important skill well yeah writing writing is a very important skill isn't it in communication yes but i don't think writing an essay is an important skill (laughs) no but writing an essay is a test of your communication skills being able to put your thoughts together in a coherent manner. Yeah, exactly. Vomiting them out, you know? I mean, or like, if, you know, if you're talking about test essays, like, you got to have three paragraphs and you got to say a conclusion at the end. That's that's stupid. That's stupid. I guess that's but what like, I'm talking about. Yeah. Organizing your thoughts and being able to, like, you know. What do you think all those fucking, like, thousands and millions of YouTube videos all over the place are? They're, they're just essays with a guy talking in front of the camera and some video. Yeah. Right. And I mean, yeah, like, are. what are we doing here? We're trying to sort of effectively articulate our thoughts on a particular subject, bring them into some sort of a coherent whole, communicating with other people about it, and then shipping it off into the brave wild world. <laughs> I, I'd argue that we have not been successful. <laughs> <laughs> True. Well, a big dumb robot isn't able to uh, tell us whether or not we've done that, like, by listening to our podcasts. It can it can measure that data. It can measure, like, our usage data. But, it, right, you need a you need a human to subjectively tell us we're bad quality of the thing yeah no absolutely <laughs> it's fair so until ai is as smart as humans um the some of the some of the most important skills will never be like executable or measurable by a computer on a computer game only you know what i mean yes mm-hmm. i think that brings us back to like minecraft that's why minecraft is great because it's it's an expression tool and then the kid gets to share that expression to classmates and teachers and they get to look at them and assess them. And Yeah. And I feel like that's ultimately the strength of potentially learning video games. It's just, it's a different tool. It's a different medium. It's not a replacement for a bunch of these other things we're talking about. Definitely like, not. It's definitely not a, a silver bullet to education. Right. It's just another tool that if appropriately used can definitely help. Yeah. Uh, actually, yeah, there, there's one thing, one cool thing I'd like to maybe close out with is that um, some years ago they did like a research study because uh, this was this was back in the day. So like my the the company I used to work for kind of rode on this wave of excitement for video games when they thought it was a silver bullet and they thought it was going to solve everything. And then, oh, surprise! Turned out it didn't solve everything, but it did some things good. And so towards sort of the end of that wave, this research project came out that was like, okay, so we're going to test uh, three groups of students. One group of students gets a traditional lesson, you know, like lectures and quizzes or whatever. Group two uh, plays a learning game on that topic uh, only. Group three does a a hybrid. They do they play a game and they also have a teacher do some traditional stuff. And um, it was group three that had the biggest changes, the best outcomes. So it was a combination of traditional learning styles with the game as part of that ex- like like larger educational experience that had the most impact on the students. And I thought that was really cool and also really, I mean, kind of obvious to me. But I was going to say, it doesn't seem too surprising. No, it's not. But like, I think it's still an important thing to point out that you're not just going to plonk kids in front of a computer and have them play games all day to, to learn, but they are an amazing tool when used in a larger context of learning. 
Cool. I like so, yeah, that. yeah, that's, that's my career in a, in a nutshell. Thanks, guys, for listening to that. <laughs> Great job. Can that's I... really neat. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Can I bring up one more category of, of learning games? If... Oh, sure. Um, the, yeah, so the thing is that it's kind of dear to my heart, and it's kind of interesting, and, and things have mostly failed in this realm, but like uh, the idea of like music games teaching you stuff. Like there's a lot of music games mm. that are just kind of shitty facsimiles of playing music. Like I don't know, like Guitar, Guitar Hero. Guitar Hero, yeah. Rock Band is an interesting kind of example because I think it kind of half of it, like the guitar and bass in Rock Band is just Guitar Hero, so that's just bullshit. But the singing but, and the drumming is pretty authentic. Yeah, it's like well, it's pretty close. It kind of gets you partway there. It gets you like the kind yeah. of like uh, close, sort of like the technically correct <laughs> kind of version of those things where like. Yeah, you can hit the notes, you can sing at the right pitch, and you can kind of hit the drums at the right time, but it teaches you nothing about dynamics or expressiveness or anything like that. Um, so that's kind of kind of gets you part of the way there. The other interesting example of like maybe a more effective music game teaching you stuff is Rocksmith. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, Rocksmith is a game where you plug in a real guitar and you play like real songs on a real guitar and it tells you how good you did. What? That's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. crazy. It's not it's really perfect, well like but it's like a really interesting way you're basically playing if you're like a guitar tablature you're just kind of seeing that in real time you're just seeing you know the equivalent of sheet music for a guitar and then it kind of teaches you how to play that way wow and it's it's like pretty good it kind of will start you on like a song you'll kind of start playing it and you'll be kind of playing with the easier version of it you can only you only play like every four of the actual notes or like you play a chord but you only play like the first two notes of the chord not the whole chord and then as you get better at it it'll kind of give you more of a challenge and stuff so that's pretty cool it's still like like, that's kind of what I played, just semi-learned guitar, because I didn't really, I never had lessons or anything. Um, and, like, I kind of got, like, sort of okay at playing guitar, and obviously I have other, like, you know, I played piano and stuff when I was a kid and stuff, so I kind of had a leg up in that regard. But, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Is this sort of the same thing where it kind of, you, you kind of play the notes, but it doesn't really give you a good sense of, like, expressiveness, kind of. I don't know. Roushi, did you play yeah. that much? Uh, I played a little bit of of. Uh... Guitar Smith, uh, is it Guitar Smith? I forget the name of it already. Rocksmith. Rock Rock Guitar Hero and Rocksmith. Anyway, whatever. Who cares? Uh, I played a little bit of it. I thought it was okay. Uh, when I when I first got it, I was a little bit too novice to actually really do it. Um, I kind of want to revisit it now that I have a, a much better handle on guitar. I've, I've been playing for, oh gosh, like four or five years now. Ooh, time flies. Wow, it's been that uh, long. <laughs> I I bought a bass during quarantine, and I've been learning that. I really have a lot of fun with it. It's been four or five years. Are you amazing now? No, I'm trash. <laughs> <laughs> it's because he has I can play shelter game. pretty good. <laughs> so. so is it like the quarantine is going to end and you're going to go out and start your new career as a you know like rock musician? No, <laughs> I'm terrible. <laughs> uh, I just I just play it because it's actually legitimately fun to make music come out of your hands. Uh, I played trumpet back in high school and that sucked and I hated it because it came and out I, of your I mouth. Oh, waggle music. my fingers it's uninteresting it's just oh god well there's and a whole the other thing with that it's like uh i had braces in high school and like jesus playing trumpet with the braces is is like excruciating and i still had to do it i was like oh my god this sucks anyway it's bad miserable experience <laughs> but now i'm playing the guitar and i love it so it's a lot of fun super great <laughs> i have three guitars oh. i'm insane <sighs> when'd you get a third the guitar no, I have the bass and the two guitars. Oh, right. Okay. And you're not good at any of them? And no. <laughs> it's hard, dude. because you don't own hard. enough of them. <laughs> it's really hard. Maybe if you get more hard. guitars, you'll get better. 
No. <laughs> well, it's okay. I, I'm putting Loon on here because I had the bass and I had the electric and I had the acoustic when I because I don't want to play with an amp most of the time. Get a harp. So, That's like a, a yeah. different kind of guitar. Yeah, shit. <laughs> See, a harp. That'd guitar. be dope. You could like put a stick on it and hold it like a guitar. Then get a violin. <laughs> yeah. Get them all. Yeah, yeah. Get a violin, the best sounding instrument, when especially when you're a beginner. <laughs> yeah, and when you buy a cheap shit like violin. Yeah, and finally, one hundred fifty dollar guitar sounds okay. Finally, a ukulele. One hundred fifty violin would probably sound like. I actually not think, exist. was thinking about getting a uke because I think could play all the Steven Universe stuff. <laughs> uh, little ukulele, be fun. I think the ukulele is supposed to be a like, lot easier to play. It's yeah, tiny. it's only four strings. I was gonna say, I think yeah, and it, four, isn't yeah. It, isn't it usually tuned to, to uh, open chords? Probably. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Banjo I'm, I'm aggressively avoiding capo because I, I I have to. I've been working a lot on bar chords. Uh, they take a lot of effort, but I'm getting yeah. good at them. What is capo? K-pop. It's a little, little thing you stick on the end of the guitar that like basically holds down an entire fret board so you can like change what chords are open it's like mm-hmm. as if you were holding your finger down on the fretboard like at a specific fret on all of the strings so it changes what the bass notes are i see i can't talk about music andrew's <laughs> probably cringing <laughs> <laughs> that's close enough to get to it now he's yeah, like let me die <laughs> <laughs> he actually knows about music and stuff i don't know like we like hang out whenever he's in town, and I bring my guitars and they play. And he like talks about music and shit and theory and like notes and stuff and scales. I'm like, I don't fucking know. Mike's I just know how to play seventeen space. and whatever on the fretboard. There you go. I put my finger on it. Sounds good. <laughs> I make the strummings and the zoopa zoops go boop boop. Yeah, that's what we should make. We should make a game that teaches you about music theory. Yeah, I would love that. That sounds that's that's really cool. <laughs> sounds incredibly hard because no one can agree on what music theory is. It should be. Well, compose, compose, revolution. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a, a lot of music theory. Music just, is good. Well, yeah, there's a lot about music theory that's just like facts. You know, it's chords and scales have names and particular feelings. Yeah, <laughs> this one is angry. Um, <laughs> sort of, yeah. Dissonance and and uh, what's the other word? Concordance. Consonance. Consonance. Thank you. I took you music did, theory once for a yeah, I love that class. Shit, that was so. You know, we went to design school. Or some of us here did, and design is all like, oh, it's so subjective, and oh, it could be like this and this, or maybe this. And you're just always racked with fucking self doubt. And then I took <laughs> anxiety and self doubt, depression, yeah. the entirety <laughs> of my tenure at RIT, life, <laughs> my life continuing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Then I went. Then I took music theory, and like suddenly my homework was like a sheet of paper with correct answers or incorrect answers, and I was just like praise everything. Oh my god, this is such a relief. Did you take? Uh, you take. This is going to be too deep of a thing to put out, probably. But like, do you, you get? You have a Ed Shell, I think, for music theory in RIT. Yeah, yeah, he was great. Yeah, I didn't even realize you took music theory. Yeah, I had. I took music theory one and two. Two is. Did you take music theory two? Yes, I took both. Yeah, two is like more interesting because that was when I don't know if he did the same thing with you, but yeah, like had to that was when we had to yeah compose something and like do sight singing. That shit yep. is hard. That was super cool. I was I thought I found it all real fun. I wish yeah. I could have taken more of it to be honest. You two are ships passing in the night. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we probably we probably like just barely missed <laughs> like quarters of taking music theory. Yeah, it's very possible. I mean, we could have been in the same class and wouldn't remember each other. Honestly, that's true. 
We didn't know each other yet. What if you were yeah. nemesis in the class and you didn't know it? No, I, 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 <laughs> go back classic. in time. A time I think I remember leave. having a nemesis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, to take it back to learning games one more time, uh, I wanted to point out that what, for, for the, the type of game you were talking about with music games is, is like the solar of the thing that the, 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 the tr- one of the true potentials of games for learning is embracing the the feedback loop and the try try again kind of thing that all games do really well you know mm-hmm. games are a uh, if if the game is helping you practice a particular skill it becomes you know if it forces you to do a particular skill to win the game uh, it is just very naturally an amazing tool for learning that skill now usually that skill is something completely useless in real life like pressing a certain combo to make a character swing a sword the right way <laughs> but but it's still there, right? You know, uh, here's a challenge. We have we have decided that challenge is roughly at your skill level, maybe slightly higher. And here's a low stakes environment for you to put yourself against that challenge. And you get to try out different ways to to approach it. And the game's going to give you feedback whether you did well or didn't didn't do well. You know, either you die or you take hit point damage or you do damage to the enemy or kind of whatever. Um, and if you fail too hard, you know, it makes you have to start over. But it's still like low stakes. And that particular environment is a perfect learning environment. Um, it's it's got all of the right things kind of in this in in one place for you to build skill in that thing. Um, and that should be, I think, an aspiration for anyone making learning games is if you can produce that loop, if you can build a game and a game system that helps you practice a real life skill in that way authentically, then you have a, a really great learning game. And that's yeah, so much better like- than like regurgitating facts. Yeah, it's almost like the the short version is that the games allow you to fail without kind of consequence, right? Whereas if you fail on a test, like that sucks. Yes, that is, yeah, low stakes failure, uh, but also challenge that is particularly geared towards your level. Like those two things together have to kind of, it has to be those two things together, right? Yeah. Just like Dark Souls. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, maybe. Maybe. Only only if you're that particular hardcore gamer. <laughs> Mario 64. Yeah, okay. Right. So, yeah. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm taking over this part here. Do you guys want to take a break? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Take All a right. break. Take break. Break. Uh, and we're back. Let's talk about personal projects. That's what I like doing. I like making stuff. I make stuff all the time. Y'all are probably making stuff. I like impersonal projects. (laughs) Impersonal projects. Yeah, detached projects. Yeah. (laughs) I don't give a fuck. (laughs) I like uh, like making stuff. Uh, I have a hard time finishing stuff, which we have discussed before. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm hoping (laughs) every project is the one that I'm hoping is the real one. This one's been going on for a long time. The one I've been, uh, I was actually working on today, um, believe it or not. I was oh, some, hey, I'm very nice... proud of you. Fuck off. I was making some nice treats. <laughs> that was, I was that being sincere. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm so not used to this. I have no idea. Anyway, um, I'm, I've been making a weird, I guess you could call it an MMO, an indie MMO, on my own for the last couple of years. You're making an off. MMO by yourself? Yes. <laughs> Go on. I guess it's been no like one said years. how ill-advised it was. Yeah, it's really bad. But I, I'm actually having a lot of fun doing it. Anyway, it all started off because like I never, I, I did like a couple of um, multiplayer games using some shitty 
multiplayer server tech that uh, the client that we were working with had. And I'm like, man, I really don't know anything about networking. I wonder if I could write my own server and like try doing that. So I bought a book, read some shit on Stack Overflow, installed Visual Studio, just started writing some fucking socket servers. And here we are three years later. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It probably is horrible, but man, it's a it's a wild ride of learning a whole lot of new things. Does it work at all? Um, parts of it do. A couple years ago, I had like a fully functioning prototype using Unity's networking called Unit. That's deprecated, uh, and I'm glad that I threw it away and started from scratch about a year ago, maybe even well, longer than fuck. that. Um, just the networking stuff. Just because I was really unhappy with, with the way that uh, they had their stuff set up and the kind of workarounds I had set up for my own kind of thing. and Mainly, I was just curious to write a server, so that's Any, what yeah, it does think any any side project or personal project that teaches you something, like even if you never finished it, which I'm not saying you won't, uh, <laughs> oh, right, yeah. you've, you've gotten tons of value out of that experience um, that you can take into anything in the future. Like oh, being yeah, able to make absolutely. your own multiplayer server is a valuable thing. So yeah, it's really fun. Uh, today I was working on trees. I was making a whole bunch of three modeling trees and making skins and I've I've sort of sort of put together like what I'm calling a, a full size zone. Like what imagine like EverQuest nineteen ninety nine kind of zone size area. Final awesome. Fantasy eleven. Um like what a what a zone would be. Van Carl Dunes or whatever, you know. So um, is this a like first per, or like a three D like kind of first or over the shoulder person kind of game? Yeah, I guess like I guess like the, the elevator pitch for it is that like I'm just using the, the term MMO because it's gameplay wise, it's more similar to something like EverQuest, um, Final Fantasy XI, like those old school, Set very arcane type of MMO kinds of things. Yeah, like you know, the server takes like three times a second kind of deal. Um, but really, the game of it is like, it's like a, like a multiplayer roguelike experience. So imagine you had like your whole MMO grinding from from level one to end game through all these crazy bosses, but that's kind of condensed into a period where like beating the game would probably take around a weekend's worth of time, maybe a little bit longer, but it's like what I'm going to call party wipe hardcore. So if your party gets killed, um, you, you're reset back to level one and oh, play shit. through the whole game again. So like very high stakes <laughs> kind of thing. It's the kind of game that doesn't exist and is probably only for me, but I'm going to, probably play a lot of it <laughs> it doesn't exist because the first fucking bozo that causes your party wipe that's not you is going to make you be like fuck this game yep <laughs> <laughs> well i mean you're only playing with your friends really so like oh, okay you just so that's how you there. lose friends yeah it's how you lose friends <laughs> um it's not like you're playing with randos over the internet you're playing with you know the equivalent would be like you and your four buddies set up a minecraft server and you're you're just playing on that minecraft server kind of thing it's a product that doesn't have an audience. <laughs> but it's hella fun to make, and I yeah. love it. I feel like sometimes those are the best products, though, that are just sort of like, you know, pure brainchilds of something that someone makes because they enjoy it. Mm -hmm. The first uh, one's got to come from somewhere. Might as well be from your ass. Well, you can make something new or you can make something great. <laughs> Can't have both. Can't have both. <laughs> oh, goodness. Anybody else working on anything else? Yeah, I've actually got a fairly <laughs> natural thing from that. I'm working on a project that is far, far, far less ambitious. Um, a friend of mine um, that I play Minecraft with um, and myself have been 
more out of intellectual curiosity than any actual need, trying to figure out how to run the cheapest Minecraft server possible using AWS or GCP. Um, I mean, like at the end of the day, like we've been playing, paying for Minecraft hosting from one of these dedicated companies, and that's mm -hmm. honestly the same thing to do and what I would probably recommend anybody do if they're you know <laughs> thinking about what to do. But both of us were basically just curious, like, hey, you know, clearly there's got to be a fair margin that they're making on this. I'm wondering how cheaply we could run a particular server. Um, and actually, you can run it really cheaply for yourself if you're just running your own, like, particular server and it's the only thing you're doing on AWS or GCP because of the free tiers. Like, they allow you to run one particular machine such and such, you know, so many hours per month and free, like, free is pretty cheap really right. and so like in theory a lot of the stuff that you need falls within the free tier and so like this wouldn't scale like if you tried to make a company out of this like you'd run past the free tier real quickly but if you're just running your own server you can do it real cheaply but the other thing that we've been trying to do um which is where this actually gets slightly more interesting than just starting up vms and whatnot um, is trying to set up some infrastructure that will detect when the server is idle and shut it down, but still have some sort of very inexpensive, low CPU, uh, basically monitor server waiting around for people to try to connect to the server. And in response to it, you know, actually launching the server on demand. So you can have a, you know, somewhat substantial Minecraft VM that is only running when people are interested in playing and because there's lots and lots of software written for minecraft you can basically just have some random node.js application that sits around listening for incoming minecraft connections and in response to that start up the server wow that's really cool so yeah we've got like almost everything we just haven't bothered to sort of like put everything together yet so <laughs> so now that you haven't finished it exactly it's the nature of well, these sorts of projects what, um, like from the user side, what happens when you connect? I guess you haven't tested it out yet. Like no, when you actually... connect and it's like, oh, I'm going to start the server up. Does your client be like, ah, oh, no server's there. And then you got to do it again kind of deal or. It's sort of like that. Um, so we've been working with a Node.js module that we found um, that can return a sort of custom server status message um, in response to someone trying to connect to it. So like when okay. you go to the multiplayer menu in Minecraft, it sort of like pings the server and gets the message of the day back. Okay. And so our current design is the message of the day from this sort of like, you know, standby server will be something like, oh, Minecraft server is not quite available right now, but it's starting in response to you connecting. So if they tried to connect to it right then, they, it would just sort of hang. But um, if they wait like 60 seconds or something and then try to connect, then it will be fine. Oh, that's wicked cool. And like, the, what are the restrictions on the like the free AWS server? Like, is it like... I don't know what the limitations are, why you'd like want to have it powered off. Is it like you have a certain amount of hours or like CPU time or what? Yeah, it's usually like um, vCPUs. Um, the f so we're typically running, t our current design has two VMs that you run. The first one is a server that's running all the time, which is running this sort of, you know, proxy server. Um, and 
that basically consumes the free tier entirely. It's basically just a single cheap VM, but it's like a particular VM flavor that AWS allows you to have like one of those instances on 24-7 for free. Okay. And in response to that connection, it actually updates a DNS entry. Um, I'm, we're actually running it in GCP right now. Um, but it updates a DNS entry, um, which then points the domain name for our Minecraft server to the VM that was just started, which is a more powerful one, which is outside the free tier. Um, but that, is that? <clears throat> So we haven't decided on the actual specs at this point. <clears throat> um, the one we've been experimenting with is far more powerful than we actually need. It's like, I think, two VMs and or two uh, vCPUs and like four gigs of RAM or something like that. But yeah, it's should allow us to have a far far more powerful hardware than what we're paying for right now at a cheaper price if we ever cool. bother to switch over to it. Neat. You said a whole lot of like acronyms and shit. Don't have any idea what any of it means. <laughs> I assume what all of that came to was that we were making a Minecraft server do things in the cloud and we haven't actually done it yet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the sort of thing where if you take a step back and say, you know, what is the cost of the engineering time that we've spent on this? And it's like, well, probably more About expensive. $40,000. Yeah. It's like more expensive than the money we would have saved by just, you know, sort of actually paying for a server, which is what we're doing anyway. But I guess at the end of the day, this has never been really sort of about cost savings for us. It's been more about sort of like learning how to run infrastructure in these things and experimenting with some of these services and also, we've been sort of throwing additional tools at it that we don't strictly need to, like uh, Terraform and uh, Kubernetes and other stuff, because it's like, hey, you can use these things. It has there's there's no point to using some of these things, but we're doing it because we can. That's programming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a pedagogical project at the end of the day. Uh, so I don't know. It sounds like a lot of fun, actually. Yeah, I've always been curious about that kind of AWS stuff. Um, Maybe because I'm making a weird MMO thing. And I'm like, well, I could kind of run like a server deal, but like, I don't know. Who knows? Whatever. I, yeah. I want to talk to you about that at, at a later date. Yeah, I'd be happy to. It. Do and it now, this... right on the podcast. Let's get into it, guys. I don't have an intelligent, <laughs> intelligent questions to ask yet. So, yeah. I mean, we what have is also the internet the... made of? <laughs> I think that the GitHub we've been using for this, like GitHub repo, is public, but it's also a complete mess with a bunch of stuff in it that's not actually in use, but. <laughs> Could share. Classic. Cool. Uh, is anybody else working on anything? Yes. Any cool stuff. I want to hear. Ford, do you have any projects? Yeah, I always have projects that are never getting done. Um, <laughs> tell <laughs> yeah. me. So it's mostly just music stuff. Um, I have like there was way back in the time when I was like more productive and like constantly making songs. Um, I have basically like an album's worth of songs that are like to nine and 10 years old at this point that are like all the songs are like 80 to 90% done. And I kind of what? just have to sort of finish them and like this or decide whether it's good enough to release and then finish them and release them. So I did actually release them anyways. Yeah. But they're just not, I don't know. It's releasing music is a weird thing, especially electronic. Like when you know, it's very hard to sound professional and that's a mm -hmm. fucking ridiculous amount of work. Um, but I actually did work on one of those songs this week, which was nice. Hell um, yeah. Nice. So there's that. There's like, I kind of have like three separate like whole album projects kind of going in parallel, sort of. <laughs> there's that one. There's like one where I like actually at the, like at the beginning of like quarantine time, I like uh, 
got really inspired to make like a certain album based on this one kind of idea after I watched this weird old Vincent Price movie. Uh, <laughs> so like that, that kind of had like a burst of inspiration and that kind of petered out. So that's like a, a idea for a whole album that has like two ish finished songs and a bunch of other ideas. And then there's a whole like game soundtrack I want to do for one of our kind of semi perpetually in progress games that has like a handful of songs done and like ideas for like 10 more. So these three things are kind of happening in parallel, not very getting very close to being done because I can't like decide which one I want to actually be the most important one. So, and then yeah. you have that that whole album based on the uh, Space Jam theme song. <laughs> oh yeah, well that's that that's the that's the game one. Welcome yeah. to my jam. <laughs> game jam. Yeah. The space uh, game jam. Space game jam. Well, we, made the, also... we made the basketball game so. You know, we we did. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh well, the one thing I was going to say is I do have a kind of idea for another like more programming project that is more kind of bounded. I had an idea to like make like a web interface for showing all of your like Steam achievements like over time instead of per game like Steam does, but haven't oh, started cool. that one yet. Oh, well, that'd but be dope. Hopefully, it's not super hard. I just have to learn some new shit, so that'd be a good example of a learning project. Yes, Brendan, do you have any? Any projects? Uh, yeah. Um, it, I had to go kind of back into like, what was the last thing I really worked on that wasn't? Well, you know what? Hmm. I'm going to talk about my freelance project instead. Hey. Yeah, I'm working on a cool freelance project. Uh, it's related to the stuff we were talking about earlier. Um, it is. Uh, so it, it's it's part of a larger program um, where kids are making their own learning games. Um, it's like this whole program is in four different cities, uh, and it comes with like a curriculum and like a contest and a bunch of other stuff. Um, I'm working on, uh, the aspect of it, which, uh, is like an assessment program that tries to kind of measure these kids skills in those skills I was talking about earlier, 21st century skills. So like communication, collaboration, creativity, stuff like that. Um, so I helped design like a system for measuring those skills, which is essentially like a rubric for their teachers to assess them with. And okay. so I like wrote the rubric and each, um, so each skill has sort of four chunks, right? Like there's like the best, you're the best at this skill. And then down here, you're the worst at this skill and for like seven different skills. And then they've submitted on a Google form for each of their kids. And they do it at the beginning of the program and at the end of the program. And then I can kind of turn those rubric results into just numbers and sort of average them out and crunch them. And we have the we have those uh, teachers measure the skills for kids working on the games, like in, in the games class that they run. And then also as a control, they measure it in a non-games class. And then I get to see like the percentage growth of the non-game kids versus the game kids. And I've been doing this for actually five years now. Um, first as oh, an employee shit. of, yeah, as the... Uh, from the Institute of Play, uh, we had this with uh, partnership with the with the other organization, and then as a freelancer since then. Um, and the cool thing is that it awesome. And it, yeah, it, it, so it's it's there's a couple cool things going on there. Um, one is just finding a sort of like, even though it's uh, there, there's two types of data. There's qualitative data and quantitative data, right? So quantitative means like you can just measure it, you know, and but that's stuff that you, it, you know you have to. It, it's objective. Um, qualitative is of course the opposite. So it's subjective. It needs a person to sort of assess it. And, you know, these skills can't really be objectively measured, but what we've done is kind of allow ourselves to put ourselves like attach a little bit of a number to it and then 
at least use that to measure that growth. So it, it's like using the teachers as as our tool, as our sort of judgment lens to to measure these skills. Um, and I am presenting on this uh, uh, research, I guess you could say, um, this coming week, actually, in just a few days uh, at the Games for Change conference. Oh, dope. Yeah, Holy it's shit. all on Zoom, too. Um, well. It's Good like luck. a free. It's a oh, free. It's too bad this isn't like a current podcast where people yeah. can hear it and then know to listen. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Um, well, if you tweet it. something, I'll retweet it. Yeah, we can tweet yeah. about it. Yeah, uh, yeah. But the cool My thing huge is, huge audience will hear yeah. about it of like twelve 10 people. followers. <laughs> yeah. Well, if the talk's gonna be recorded, it it will be, I think. But it's also free, so um, anyone, any of you guys want to? It's like the whole conference is free this year because it's all it's all remote. Awesome. Um, yeah. The other thing I was going to mention is I did. I have started taking a stab at writing like short stories, like a nice. science fiction short story. From, yes. Yeah. This is uh, sounds. How really... long is it? How long is it? How long is it? Oh God, <laughs> Jesus. Um. Well, it's not. You'll done find in... out why that's why I got so excited. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, it's it's only it's about half done and it's like two pages. Okay. Um, like single space pages. Uh, it is a about a I guess being you could say uh, who creates simulated universes. Um, so kind of like a a take on what a god could be or what god could be from the perspective of both the god and something or someone inside of that simulation. Hmm. Super have you cool. have you seen Devs by the way? No. You should you should watch the show Devs. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Andy, you're last, right? Yes, I am. Oh, boy. If I want to go over my personal projects, (laughs) I think I got three games. I have a first-person spaceship repairing game. I have a top-down RPG, like action RPG game. Actually, I have two top-down action RPG games. Whoops. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. (laughs) And let's see. Um, I wrote... Yeah, I remember you were working on a, uh, it was like a sci-fi procedurally generated yes. like, space station kind of thing. Yep. Yep. I got that, that one and then I got one. another one. No. Oh, okay. Well, yes. There, well, there's two spaceship <laughs> ones. <laughs> anyway, yeah. <laughs> Those are, they've been not going anywhere for a long time. How do you feel about uh, spaceships? I, I like spaceships. <laughs> I wrote um, about 80% of a novel. I got around 70 thousand words into it which is why i was like whoa tell me more about your short story finish it Uh, you nerd yeah (laughs) i i'm in the revision process so i wait what is is it it's it's like a um i don't know how to describe it it's like a um very shonen-y ya novel i guess Okay, so then it's longer than two pages. 70,000 words is around, I think, 130 pages, something like that. Because you wrote a kid's book that one time as well. Oh, yeah, I wrote a kid's book. book. I need, I'm in the process of, yes. I need to um, revise it, and then I'm going to do a larger print version of it, by an 8 by 8 print, which I want to have. Are you using like a self-publishing service kind of thing? Yeah, I found a um, a company out of New Jersey that does like um, <clears throat> like card like 
books, like the thick. Hold on, some a fucking plane's like going right here. I can hear it. Yeah, it's very audible. One of your personal projects too. It's the Germans. They're coming to get you. (laughs) Sounds like it. If if my mic just cuts off, you'll know what's up. It's the rats. Yeah, the rats are learning to fly. They've learned how to fly the planes. It's happening. I found a, a company that does like the thick card page, like yeah, for like ki- for print. kids books for like little little kids. Yeah, and I want to do eight by eight ones because I did like five point three five by five point three five. I don't know, it's a stupid size, but yeah. And then finally, I'm also working on the foam sword and shield for Lincoln. I actually completed the master sword and the Hylian shield. Fucking actually did the thing. So cool. Wow. And Wait, did you, so you're done. Tweet those pictures. Are they I on did. The yeah. Somewhere. They're Instagram. Yeah. Probably. I don't know. Wherever. Yeah. On Instagram. And then also, I'm about halfway through the goddess longsword. It's like shaped. I just need to like Dremel and sand it a little bit, and then prime it, and then paint it. So it's mo- it's the shape is like pretty much done. Do you think oh. it, the second one turned out better or worse than the first one? It turned out better. Hmm. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I learned a lot from the first one. So is Lincoln beating the crap out of you with a sword and shield now? Um, not really. I mean, like, so we were watching Mulan tonight, and like, there was uh one scene where uh the like villain shows up, and he like pulls the sword from like his back, and Lincoln runs out of the room, grabs the like master sword, comes back, and then like puts it over his back, and then it is like growling at the TV. <laughs> And I'm like, hell cool, yeah, you, you're <laughs> the villain. He's got to defeat the fucking Huns, man. Yeah. <laughs> now so, all China knows you're here. <laughs> <laughs> it's so I looked at him. Come on, dudes. Do yes. your research. I, I saw it. I was literally watching it tonight. <laughs> but now I, I'm like, shit, do I need to make a scabbard for that? Fuck. Yes, yes I'm going yes, to. <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> and it's got to be a back scabbard because Link puts it oh, on the back. Oh, oh, yes. Of course. And you also need to have like some way of attaching the shield to it. I'll you yeah, <laughs> you must be you must be swift as the coursing river. Yeah. There you go. With all the force of a great typhoon. <laughs> be a man. And mysterious is the dark side of the moon. <laughs> the dark side of the moon. All right. Yeah. Well, man. <laughs> the German dub of that song is amazing, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, the f- what the fuck? Why do you even know that? <laughs> Is that your check this out this week? That was going to be mine now that no. I thought of that, but maybe not. Oh, anymore. shit. Well, well, now that we're talking about it, why don't we do, hey, check this out. Yes. Yeah, let's do it. This I'll is start. what we've done, started doing. <laughs> I've been um, rereading the Dresden File books because the latest one comes out, I think this month, maybe next month, very soon in either way. Um, Dresden Files. It's a hard-boiled detective novel series, but the main character is a wizard in 1990s Chicago. It's very cool. I like it a lot. Awesome. Oh, yeah, I think I've heard of it. He brought right. it up last week. 
Did oh, I? well, there we go. Yes, oh, you yeah. did. Hard and soft magic sequence. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, very, then it doesn't count. Briefly. You have to do a different one. Shit. No, right. I'm just Whoa. kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I can come up with a different one. You're <laughs> off the podcast. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> uh, I can go. Uh, I want to suggest nature. <laughs> Fuck you. God I don't even know what it. that is. Jesus I don't know what Christ. that is, dude. I haven't been outside in 100 years. You can't tell me. That's I think he's talking about the scientific journal. Oh no! Actually, I'm talking about there's. It's not. It's not. Uh, I'm talking about an app. It's not called Nature. It's actually called oh. Seek. Uh, it comes from a, a organization called iNaturalist. Uh, it's like a image recognition uh, app. You can point it at literally any organism, and it'll, it'll identify it. What? What the yeah. fuck? Like, it's not always like you know. It's not, it's not always going to do it 100 percent of the time, but I've got a pretty good track record with it so far. I've I've identified like 50 plants with it, and That's amazing. insects and what? stuff. What's it called? Seek. How's it spelled? It's like S E E K. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you just the, like point it at like a, a tree branch or whatever, and it's like, that's a maple. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it, 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 it just it goes, down. that's a tree. I don't know. <laughs> tree. Is that bark? Like, Thanks, Dick. <laughs> and it, that's it, 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 like, that's some it. wood. <laughs> Is that a house? <laughs> It doesn't do wow. objects, but um, no, it, it it like whittles it down. So you know how there's like all the different levels of classification, like kingdom, phylum, genus, species, etc. Yeah. It'll like it'll like go down the list, and so sometimes it has a hard time getting all the way down to the species level. But it'll tell you other, you know, it'll it it, it very quickly will say like, yeah, it's plant, and it's this kind of plant, and this family or whatever. Um, that is so cool. Yeah, uh, I pointed it at a human, and it got human. I pointed it at a kitty cat, and it got kitty cat. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the only two things I could point my at. Yeah, <laughs> you like, like bag of garbage. You're like, ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> you drill down on like it's like that's a dog, and you drill it down, and it goes, "That's a good boy." <laughs> You're like, oh, cool, <laughs> good. good. I was ready to. I'm I'm ready to point it at some some person in my life, and it's going to be like, "That's an alien, alien <laughs> or a robot." That man is dead. You're like, oh no, <laughs> it's a replicant. <laughs> Um, but the other, the other really awesome thing about this app, uh, it like records all of your observations, and then it like even like clicks, you know, it does like badges and sort of gamification stuff on it too. So it's almost like real life Pokemon Go, maybe kind of. <laughs> That's what you cool. found some poison sumac. I, yeah. I did use it to identify poison ivy actually in my that, park the other day. Is that poison ivy? Yes, it, it absolutely was, and I was good. I, I was like, I'm Rub pretty it sure it's poison ivy. Genitals. <laughs> that is Ever, the other trick yeah <laughs> ever since boy scouts i'm just i don't know what poison ivy looks like so i just assume every plant i come in contact with is poison ivy <laughs> they're like what's three... that i'm like it's probably poison ivy they're like oh. You're, you didn't learn jack shit did you <laughs> it's got three it's got three leaves and the outer leaves kind of have like a mitteny shape like there's like a kind of like a thumb bit that's how i that's how i do it isn't there red like under the leaf or something sometimes but not always it's sometimes it's just oh, fucking see, green what the fuck wow. is that? It's yeah touch all the leaves turn them over it and then identify <laughs> tickle the leaves taste them brew Dude, them the, into a tea drink it die. I, was using, I was using this app the, uh, the other day in the park and i was trying to get to this other thing called a wine berry that i learned and i was uh i was alone so i didn't have my mask on it was it was like on my wrist and it brushed against poison ivy and i was like oh my fuck. fuck so i had to like walk home without using a mask and i felt really bad about it yikes it's a good thing you knew that that was poison ivy <laughs> it's true yeah <laughs> you said wine berries aren't those known yes. as grapes uh <laughs> <laughs> holy shit fuck you that's the future <laughs> 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 fucking savage <laughs> uh.
<laughs> they they actually look they're called wine berries. They look like like weird raspberries. <laughs> oh, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> Drooplets. <laughs> yes, they contain droplets. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> More pepper facts. <laughs> This is this, we're, we're quickly descending in the, the worst episode of like just friend memes that nobody's gonna get. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, who's next? Someone else check this something out. Anybody Ford. Else Ford, quick before yeah, we all save die. Us, save us. I'm just gonna do the dumb thing I said before. Watch, go watch the version of "I'll Make a Man Out of You" from Mulan. That's in German. I'll put the link in the show notes. It's really funny. It's <laughs> <That's> really good. Sayin <laughs> man. Spoiler alert. Jeez. Oh, sorry. Cut that part out. Yeah. Just bleep it. I Just bleep next. it. <laughs> so I've, I have a completely random one. Uh, my father told me that there's a comet around right now. So my take, check this out, is going to be comets. Uh, apparently, there is a <laughs> uh, comet known as Neowise that you can see at around like 4.30 Pacific Standard Time right now in the morning. So, you know, you could have seen it about a month before this uh, episode got released. But I'm sure there are other comets around as well. No, by the by the time this episode does release, it will be higher in the sky, so it's actually going to be better. Okay, cool. So, comments, yeah, check, man, check them out. Check out the comments. night sky. <laughs> cool. All right, mine is really stupid. It is uh, the paint that I've been using on the foam swords. It's called check out plaid paint? FX paint. Yeah, it's the paint that I use on the the foam swords. You've been go, painting go it with plaid. No, that's a, it's a, it, the company is Plaid. It's P L A I D, and it's FX paint, and it's like the metallic kind, and it's a like uh, acrylic like latex mixture. So, like the reason why, like I I had to like look up a whole bunch of different kinds of paints because uh, foam, you know when you when it like crunches up or like when you hit it against the side of someone's head like it squishes a bit and if you get the wrong paint like i was just going to use spray paint uh it turns out spray paint like cracks and like will like crumple off of the stuff and so you need something that like flexes with the foam and uh not a lot of stuff does that so it took a bit of research to find this particular brand it's actually made for like but like cosplay that's really oh. cool yeah so so you don't cool. like smack someone with a sword and then create a poisonous cloud of debris in their face or whatever right yeah <laughs> it just kind of like flexes with it with and then flex of lead yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> just shards of glass <laughs> like what is this it's my stained glass cosplay sword <laughs> i think that's right. really cool well, um, I am at a Mindler on Twitter. Where can people find you guys? I'm at the Brendo on Twitter. I am at Heckbringer at Twitter. I am at Redhesion on Twitter and adhesion.bandcap.com and soundcloud.com slash adhesion. Uh, you can find us at Team Radmars on Twitter, uh, radmars.h.io, radmars.com. And there's probably another one that I forgot. No, I think that was... Team Red that was a, I mean, you can find Tell us on Anchor, Anchor FM as well. Anchor FM, wherever you get your podcasts. 
Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> well, check out our podcast that you're listening to. <laughs> oh, for my uh, for <laughs> projects that I'm working on, I should have just been like, this fucking podcast is absorbing all of my goddamn time. <laughs> How did yeah. I forget that? Yeah, well, you know. There's that episode that may or may not come out ever. Right. Working on. Well, yes. We just referenced it, though. Yeah, now it has well, to. Well, they won't know which one, though. I'll just have to edit it From out. From their point of view, any episode could be the next one. Have you considered overdubbing <laughs> any of the episodes in German? <laughs> no. Rashi and I can do it. There's yes. a side project for you guys. I took right? one semester of German. Hell yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay, uh, I think we've hit the end of the episode. Have we? <laughs> yes. Okay. Thank you for listening, everybody. And thank you guys for joining me tonight. Is there any more rat facts? That's that's you get, we gotta end the episode first. <laughs> no, no, no. You don't, you're not you, allowed to have rat facts until we end the episode. That's right. Told you a million fucking times. Andy, you're welcome. You're welcome. You're, you're here and you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. The end. Bye bye. Okay, now is there rat chat? Is there rat chat? There is rat chat. Yay! Yes! 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 yes. Rat chat! Uh, Hell yeah. Best part of the week. (laughs) It was wildly depressing. Uh, it's not anything too special other than the fact that we think uh, you know they're getting smart and not getting any of our uh, traps and then we got one of them and I was like oh it's a small one and then I walked up to it and it was not so small it was just like wrapped around inside of it it was fucking weird (laughs) did not like having to touch that mess and there are definitely more underneath the shed because every now and again I can hear them moving like a horrible organism beneath me. <laughs> oh Jesus! Can you put traps under the shed? Ah uh, yes, but then how do I retrieve that trap? Or like, or like, a stick. you attach a stick to it. Yeah, just like ever so slightly under the shed within reach. It, it doesn't seem to be that's the issue. I mean, like the issue is that they won't like go on them. Even you get, switch to the upgrade, upgrade that bait to some like filet mignon or something. I put I put like freshly cooked chicken on them and they did not go for it. Wow, like you're using better bait than I'm eating for meals now. <laughs> Maybe they're vegan. Yeah. Maybe. You gotta put some avocado toast on there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta match the geography of the rats. Well, we just we just put down a, or I, I guess we're kind of like in in the process of buying a house right now, and oh, so what's even what the I, point? Why are you killing the rich? It, well, exactly. <laughs> like we were gonna, I was talking to Lindsay, and she was like, "I think we might need to call an exterminator," and I was like, mm. <laughs> "I think what we do 
is we move into the new house and then we tell our landlord, hey, uh, you got rats. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. Uh, yes. That means that this segment has a lifespan and not just when the rats are extinct. <laughs> That's what you think. We're going we're gonna to mail some rats. We're going to open up a package that came from Team Red Mars. And it's going to be like, <laughs> Just full of rats. <laughs> Instead of a glitter bomb, it's a rat bomb. Because they were mailed from fucking Rochester. It's just, it's like, here's a box of dead rats. <laughs> like, I thought this gag would go better. It's just a, a trash up. bag full of dead rats. <laughs> With a stamp on it. <laughs> FedEx is like, we we can't ship this, sir. <laughs> this is clearly a bag of dead rats. <laughs> if it fits, it ships, man. I've been to the UPS store. <laughs> <laughs>